When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Do you love me? Yeah. Do you love podcasts? Yeah. Did you poopy? Yeah. Are you looking for someone to share their deepest, darkest secrets on keeping their marriage spicy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you like Holly's dish on how to be a cool parent? Because yeah, I don't know. Please tell me. Well, Jamie Yotis and Doug Hayner have got all you hubbies and wifeys and mommies and daddies covered. Yep, that's us. Because each week, we're finding a guest who will spill all their dirty secrets. Oh, yeah. Because we all want to keep our marriages hot and our parenting cool. Here's the show. Hey, guys. Episode four of Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. We are so excited that you guys keep tuning in to this podcast. I'm so happy to hear that you guys like it. It's our fourth anniversary. Well, it's actually going to be our fifth anniversary in March. That's right. I'm talking about the episode. And you know why I'm saying that is because nobody celebrates the fourth episode except for us. We're celebrating it. (laughs) Yeah. This is our fourth episode anniversary. Starting a new thing. Yeah. Fourth episode anniversary. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm really proud of us though, Doug, because we really just kind of wanted to take our our normal conversations and bring them to the podcast because we wanted to be able to connect with our followers, our friends. But this episode, it's actually, you know, we're way off topic because this episode is actually a really hard one to talk about. Um, Which is kind of fitting for the guests that we have. Yeah. So our guest today is Deb and Jake from Fertility IQ. And, you know, we are so fortunate to be we're pregnant now. We're in our first, we're at the end of our first trimester, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know we're so thankful for this pregnancy. Um, but these have- guests certainly, especially with the and, and we'll we'll talk more about the the app and um, how they kind of came about. But uh, but I think something that a lot of young couples go through, especially and something that we kind of hold near and dear to our hearts, is just sometimes it's difficult to get with pregnant, pregnancy, and- fertility, and you know. Thank God there's so many different options out there, I think, for for uh, fertility in both male and female. But, you know, this is this brings me back, especially, I think, to one of our most what's definitely going to be the most memorable, but I think impactful yeah. moment in our life together. Yeah. So we were married, I think, a year and a half. when We got pregnant with our first son, Jonathan. And- Was it a year and a half? I think it was a year and a half. We were, you know, I would have gotten pregnant immediately. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but someone had a pre-baby bucket list. Yeah, I pumped the brakes on that immediately. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of smart since we got married as strangers. <laughs> I don't know if everybody knows our story, but we were married at first sight. So we didn't know each other mm-hmm. one iota when we got married. Um, Jamie thought she'd find happiness in a baby. Yeah, so now true. we should probably get to know each other first. Yeah, now that's very true too. This is why we worked out. <laughs> Someone <That's right>. sensible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we got pregnant with our firstborn son, Jonathan, and he, you know, we were so excited to be Super pregnant excited. with him. I mean, I I couldn't wait for my belly to pop, and I would try to wear like the tightest dresses so that my stomach would look pregnant. And I'd be like, "Am I pregnant? Do I look pregnant?" Legit, now? like each week, like showing your belly and purposefully pushing it out. Yes. I was like, don't I look pregnant? And Doug's like, no, you don't look pregnant. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, Come well, it on. puts me in a weird spot. It's a, it's like a girl saying, Does, do I look fat in this? Do I look big in this? It's like, but no. But no, because when you're pregnant, I, you know, that's, that's true though, because even when you're pregnant, sometimes you feel fat. But yeah, I don't think any question. Preg- no pregnant... PSA, no pregnant woman should ever feel fat at any point in pregnancy because how amazing is it mm-hmm. that we... Our, the woman's body is able to like not even... Like just... 
I mean, it's phenomenal. The, an egg and a sperm meet, and then like we somehow grow and nurture and de- like develop this. It doesn't make sense. Mir- miracle, really. I mean, it's absolutely mind-boggling if you guys, think about it. This is not an excuse to try to make your belly as big as your wife's because you cannot have a baby, and <laughs> you will not just immediately drop ten pounds in After one you day. Push it out of your hoo-ha. Yeah. You don't even have a hoo-ha. No. <laughs> But so we got pregnant with Jonathan and obviously we're very, very excited. And ultimately we, uh, we ended up sharing that we were pregnant with our first baby together. Um, it was a big moment. I mean, yeah. we were, we were on the first season of Married at First Sight mm-hmm. and, and we were, you know, two couples that stayed together from yep. the first season and, you know, we're in an elite. Not so much an elite bunch, but we're we're in the it's minority. A, we're in an awkward bunch. Like not everybody gets no. married at first sight. I mean, arranged marriages have been around forever, but we the way we were married was very scientifically based and it wasn't guaranteed that it was going to work. Uh, mm-hmm. and so the fact that it did work and we fell in love, we felt very like like yeah. I guess we we felt lucky and blessed. Well, and, and people really enjoyed the story. So yeah. we have of course, we're going to share it with everybody. Yeah, so we we you know we we're so excited to share that we're pregnant. We go on the Today Show with Kathy Lean Hoda and we share make that we're the pregnant. announcement. Yeah, we're so excited. And you then, wanted to make it a, a surprise, but you wore the tightest dress possible and pushed your belly out the whole time. You're like, oh, why are you guys here? <laughs> oh, you have an announcement. And Jamie's just walking out like. Pregnant. Please notice I'm pregnant. Please notice right. I'm pregnant. <laughs> I just. Kathy, so Kathy Lee definitely stared at your boobs for a while. She's like, I noticed a couple of things got bigger. Douglas, that is not at all what happened. Look at the video. Okay, well, maybe. But um, long story short, you know, a week after we announced our pregnancy on the Today Show, we find out that it's not a viable pregnancy and that we're going to end up losing our baby. Um, And like very shortly thereafter, I am in a gurney, like on a gurney in a hospital Mm -hmm. with, you know, something that you're connected to for. Yeah, so long and you're preparing for, for, I mean, was it 17, 18 weeks? I mean, we, we were 17 weeks and one day pregnant and everything that we, everything that we did was what you would do with a, a pregnancy, you yeah, know, especially so, the first one we have, you know, hands and ultrasounds and it was a baby and yeah. it had a face and yeah, that's yeah. the thing about it is that, well, first of all, I'm a labor and delivery nurse. So I've envisioned the day of having my baby uh, more than I ever like envisioned ever getting married or you know anything anything really like I've always envisioned what it would be like the first time I get to you know would I have like a natural birth would I end up having a C section what would my husband be like and I just always envisioned what it would be like the first day like you know the first time that I have a baby mm-hmm. and I never in my wildest dreams would have envisioned that I would be delivering a 17 week old baby who went immediately to be with heaven in in heaven and you know not only did he go to heaven but i mean when we looked at him he was perfectly formed he had all mm-hmm. 10 fingers all 10 toes yeah. he had a little button nose i mean he had little the tiny genitals legs, or like everything everything he was a just a perfectly formed baby who just couldn't look at us who couldn't yeah. cry to let us know that he needed us he you know he couldn't communicate to us and we couldn't protect him i i felt you know like i the worst part about it is a mother is that you the whole point is that our we're supposed to be able to grow and nurture and protect our little baby inside us and i think you look for reasons of why it happened and you know even even when the doctors tell you that it's it's more common or you know it's kind of a fluke it's like you don't you don't necessarily want to believe that you want to you want to find a reason you want to you know at least make sure that this wouldn't happen again or shouldn't happen again or yeah. couldn't, you know, and it, it's like you can, you realize that there's just a lot of things that are out of your control. And as much as you want things to go right, it's, you know, that you pre, you start to prepare for all situations, which I mean, some people do, but you know, it just, it was such a dramatic turn, yeah. um, you know, from, from pregnancy and happiness to, um, to yeah. just all of a sudden. So we were, like pregnant I mean we would the truth of the matter is is that I was bleeding you know I I started bleeding pretty early on and it was just like light bleeding at first and then it slowly became a bit heavier and then it turned like into clots it was like substance yeah and I remember I will never forget this I was in Florida filming for Married at First Sight unfiltered and we were on the set and 
I remember, you know, this is going to probably be TMI, but I remember going to the bathroom and passing a blood clot through my vagina that felt like poo almost. Mm -hmm. I mean, I literally reached my hand in the toilet and I grabbed the clot and like kind of sifted through it to make sure that it wasn't the baby because I thought for sure that it must have been the baby. It was so much blood. It was unbelievable. And And thanks God. Well, no, you came, you actually were on a flight coming down to, coming down there to be with me. And we had, we didn't anticipate having to go to the Mm -hmm. ER, but the minute we wrapped, which I'm also like, why on earth did I finish even working? Like I should have just went straight to the ER, but it's one of those things that I didn't know what was happening and it wasn't the baby and I had been bleeding a little bit. So I didn't want to be dramatic and have to like stop, you know, shooting or do anything crazy. So I just kind of like quietly finished the day and the minute I got done, I went straight to the ER with Doug. At that point, he had just arrived. Mm-hmm. And um, we went to the ER. I kid you, I mean, they checked everything. They checked to see if my my water broke. Mm-hmm. That was negative. They checked to see if I was dilating. That was negative. They did an ultrasound on the baby, this 3D yeah. fancy ultrasound. We could see, we have a CD of him, like a DVD yeah, of like him actually, like, bouncing around and just seeming happy, happy as can be inside me. The and mouth opened, you know, at one point, almost like a yawn or a hiccup or something. Yeah. So we're, so we're like Relieved. just dumbfounded yeah. because you know, I have all this bleeding. I don't. I think we went a couple times. I think it was we. Well, yeah, that was the worst some, time. Some yeah, yeah. But we noticed some bleeding, and then we would always get these positive. Yeah, we we went. I mean, we went. We did go several times. Um, that was just the worst time. And um, mm-hmm. you know, every time we would go, they would say, "Don't know why you're bleeding. This happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry." And then we get into our second trimester, and they go, "Yeah, you know, this I don't know why this is still happening. Yeah, this is where you should be in the clear." Yeah, like you're in your second trimester, the chances of losing your baby are so slim. You know, like, don't worry, everything's fine. And then you know, boom, Florida happens, and still everything's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's wrong. Everything's fine. Then we get home and we go to our next doctor's appointment and they send us to a high risk doctor immediately. Doctor, yeah. And, um, he's probably the least compassionate person. I guess he had to be, but yeah. Uh, so ultimately he just looked at us and said, this isn't a viable pregnancy mm-hmm. and you're not going to deliver a healthy baby boy at all. And just, just like that. I mean, no, I mean, how else do you say it? I guess, but like literally just like that. Looking back, I'm, I mean, it's, I, I was kind of better. That he kind of put it that way because we would have done everything. I mean, we we did even yeah. I mean, even you, still, I, I I'm not a doctor and I put you on bed rest. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, like, I drank coconut you water. You got to drink as much. Yeah, we looked up everything and just, we tried, uh, and there was nothing. There we was tried nothing. to cure it ourselves because we thought mm-hmm. maybe if I drink, you know, coconut water, we heard that that really helps mm-hmm. with increasing amniotic fluid because that was the issue. Is I had zero yeah, amniotic went, fluid when when there was just no chance. Yeah, for survival. At all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we end up delivering our sweet baby boy, Jonathan Edward Hainer. His name's Jonathan because that means gift from God. Mm-hmm. And Edward is after his daddy, Douglas Edward. And he's our little angel baby in heaven who I genuinely believe watches over us. I mean, I gen- I don't believe in spirits. I don't believe in mm-hmm. ghosts. I don't believe in anything, but I just bunny rabbits. Change my, I guess I changed my mind a little bit on that because. I swear to goodness, when I think I told this story before, I'm not sure if I have, but I'll share it for anyone who's new to the podcast. So the day before we actually, I actually delivered Jonathan, Doug and I went to like this little park to just kind of go for a walk Mm -hmm. together. It was on the water. Yeah, it was up on the water. And so we go for a walk and then there's like this mama bunny with all her baby bunnies. There's like, I don't know, two or three or four or something. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet, Doug. And I think we even have a picture with the bunnies. Mm, and yeah, definitely. Yeah, we do. I'm going to dig that up. And you know, then I unfortunately lose the baby that the next day. day. And clearly, I mean, devastated. I couldn't even get out of bed. I was in such a deep, dark hole. And the, the one thing I felt like I had to do to just like, almost like, this sounds like almost a vulgar, but I had to like run so hard that it hurt. That's almost sounds like my, like I sound so wrong, but I would, I would run in 90 degree wet. I lost him in July, July 13th. I would go in the, the middle of the day, hot as can be and just make myself go through the pain, I guess. And I don't know why I made myself do that. Distraction. I don't know what the deal was, but every time I went for these runs, I would see baby bunnies. I, I kid you not. It was shocking. And so 
it started to just kind of, I don't know, like I just, I didn't still didn't put like anything together. And then this last, I mean, I start, I started to kind of like correlate the bunnies with Jonathan, but never, not a whole lot. And then this last July, I swear to God, I was talking to Doug's dad and I said, you know, you know, it was turning up to be his second anniversary of like when I delivered him. And I just kind of wanted him. I just wondered like if he really is in heaven looking down on us, like, does he really like see us? Is he with us? Uh, Does he know that we love him and care about him and we'll always honor him and respect him as best as we can? Cause this poor little boy never had a chance to be rocked and loved. And, you know, we never were able to make him laugh and then, you know, cuddle him when he got a boo-boo. And so I was just talking to big Doug and I guess I was, you know, emotional. Um, And I just said, you know, how crazy it was. I would always see the bunnies and I just wish that I would see a sign that he was really, he was really around. And I kid you not, Big Doug and I go into the car to go, I don't even know where. And there's a bunny on some person's front yard. And I go, Doug, did you see that bunny? Like, come on, tell me, like, did you see that bunny or no? And he's like, yeah, I just saw the bunny. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, I haven't seen a bunny in months and months and months. And then I say, Jonathan, give me a sign that you really are here. And I see a bunny on someone's random yard. I was just like... Well, do you remember um, when we were taking pregnancy photos with Henley and we had like a small piece where we wanted to release balloons in the air for Jonathan? And we look over and there's there's a bunny in that park. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't even... like. I just am dumbfounded by it. Yeah. It's amazing. So I do believe and i don't know what i believe i believe that like our my, our baby is with us he mm-hmm. is definitely with us and i hope he knows how much we love him and care about him we still honor him and i know that he um i know that he's watching down and taking good care of his little sister henley grace and he certainly made an impact on on both of us and our thinking because i i just remember going through and you can't ever prepare for that, especially for your first one. It's like there's no there's no distraction at that time. You just don't want to see babies. You don't want to you don't want to go to a place that has like little kids or newborns, and you know. But yeah. but it also sharing it sharing it really gave us a lot of positive feedback and and love and support. And yes. that's when you start to realize that there's a lot of people that go through this. It, it is. I don't want to say it's common, but it is more common than people know. Absolutely. And, you know, it kind of made a decision for us that, you know, what would happen if we never mentioned it and then you carried on for life? <laughs> you know, you just no went one into would it. Know, because it's, it's like, you, you know, you're devastated. About. So it's like, you know, does it, does it matter? Does it matter how early the pregnancy is? If you're pregnant, does it, does that take away from your connection to this? this person that's going to be growing inside of you. And if you make that announcement and, you know, if the worst case scenario happens and you wind up losing the, the baby, it's still a baby, but right. it's still the same feelings that'll get brought up. And it's still, you know, if you don't say anything, no one knows what you're going through and you almost have to do this by yourself. And, you know, we, we found that because we had, you know, it was mixed blessing because we had just announced our pregnancy so publicly on national television. And then, you know, every new, like newspaper and magazine picked it up because it is wild. This couple from married at mm-hmm. first sight actually fell in love and they had a baby and this really awesome couple. That's <laughs> great. But yeah, I mean, I, it was a mixed blessing because obviously then we have to share that we've lost this baby boy, but and at first that was just nothing but excruciating. But then when I would have women reach out to me and share their stories, all sorts of different stories, uh, different stages of pregnancies and all different reasons why they lost their baby. And it just made me feel so much less alone. And it made me feel like less at fault, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like it's not my, like it, I did feel at fault. And I think that, you know, and even if you know in your head that, you know, you should not feel at fault, you did nothing wrong, you still wonder, like, did I, did I do something wrong? Like, could I have done something differently? I was traveling a lot, you know, shooting Married at First Sight Unfiltered and you know, was just doing TV host work in general. And, um, you know, as a nurse, I'm, the, I'm on my feet, 12-hour shifts. I mean, any nurse out there knows that. And so I was working really hard, and, but my doctor told me it was fine. So I did wonder, you know, what did I do? Maybe I was working too hard. Maybe I was traveling too much. Yada, yada, yada. And it's like, it just felt so good to hear other women come to me and say, hey, listen, this happened to me too. And 
And honestly, the best thing that I could have ever heard was a story about rainbow babies. I didn't even know what a rainbow baby was, but then women would tell me their stories of loss and then eventually getting pregnant with a healthy, viable pregnancy. And that gave me so much hope. And I was like, why do us women not share our stories with each other? I mean, not at fault if you don't, but. Well, no, of course not. You're definitely not. But why struggle through this all by yourself? Yeah, it's strange that it's taboo to not announce or you're supposed to wait a certain amount of time to announce. It's just, it's such a weird, unwritten thought. And I get it. But also, why not? You know, like, why not share that moment? Because some random dude way back in Stone Age was like, nope, you have to wait a certain number of weeks before you can show your pregnancy because God forbid you might lose it. And if you lose it, then you might just have to go through that alone. It's pretty much saying that. It's like, if you you lose the baby, then... Suffer yourself. Go through it. Or spend a lot of time of just explaining to people why you're upset. Yeah. And then the other thing is too, is that the first trimester, any woman who's ever been pregnant knows the first trimester is like excruciating. It's like, if you're not exhausted, then you're probably throwing up in a toilet. If you're not throwing up in a toilet, you're probably just nauseous, hoping you could throw up in a toilet so that then you wouldn't feel so nauseous. I mean, it, the first trimester is rough. It is so rough. I'm literally right now, could I mean, half the time I have to have toothpicks, keep my eyes open. Um, so Why toothpicks? Because they actually like will hold your eyes open. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay. If you put one on the top lid and one on the bottom. (laughs) But uh, yeah. So I think ultimately we we have since we've lost Jonathan and we had waited until our second trimester to it to share that and it didn't matter. We lost him anyways. Even if you do make it to your second trimester, it's not a guarantee that you're not going to lose your baby. And if you didn't, and if you do lose your baby in the first trimester, why do you have to suffer through that alone? That's not fair. So. We it's also nice being around positivity though, especially because I mean, we, I mean, like most couples, I'm sure it's, you know, when you're, when you're planning for a pregnancy and, and you go through that, like you, you immediately want to have another pregnancy after that. You want to yeah. get, you know, as soon as you get the okay. And for some, it's, you know, it takes time yeah. for some to, um, kind of regenerate whatever's in there, but also it's, you know, people aren't successful at, first time after a loss or second time after a loss. And, you know, when, uh, now that we're looking to grow our family and we have a baby girl where we, you know, we were trying for a a while and went through a chemical pregnancy. And it's like, where do you find the information to try to even like, just follow what, what questions they ask if, you know, Mm -hmm. where do you go if you are having difficulty conceiving conceiving? and family planning guys, girls, both. I mean, it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's tough to turn somewhere. Because even if you go to the experts, you don't know if you're asking the right question. Yeah. And so that brings us into our guest today, their fertilityiq.com. And the co-founders are Deb and Jake. And we, we are so happy to have them on the podcast because even though I'm pregnant now and I have a daughter, we are so sensitive to, to all of those women who aren't able to get pregnant and aren't, for some reason, are struggling with infertility or, um, I mean, there's a whole, slew of different things in different scenarios. And I feel like this fertility IQ is unbelievable what they have done. And I I want to like let them explain <laughs> yeah, more like, about you they know are, they are gonna be way better at explaining yeah. what they do. But I really found that their website is it's uh it's essentially in a in a nutshell, it's uh basically like a bunch of scholarly advice. So it's not just like, you know, web ovary shell. Oh gosh, Douglas Fainer. But long story short, they, the nuts and bolts behind their website is that they have patients who actually leave anonymous reviews on their doctors so that if you're someone who's struggling in one category or another, you can find a doctor who will fit, will suit you best based on these anonymous reviews that are not paid. They're not sponsored. They're not. They're just authentic, genuine reviews, which is hard to come by these days. So without further ado, I think we should invite Deb and Jake on. Awesome. Nice to meet you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. I know that I have a huge following that unfortunately struggle with infertility and just loss in general. Honestly, I think we all know that it's, you know, one in four for the loss Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel real until it happens to you. So the fact that you guys have a resource for these people, I guess I just jump right into this, but I'm genuinely serious. Like I'm so happy you guys have this website where people can leave 
honest, like real patients can leave real reviews so that other people who are looking for good doctors mm-hmm. can be like, okay, I can trust this review. And I think part of the reason why we've we've gone so gung-ho with, with social media is, is because we didn't really know any resources. And usually when you throw out a problem or an issue to social media, you'll have to sift through some of the, the weirdos. But it's a, a place where you get feedback and it's like real time people that care and give you advice, but you also don't know the person behind the advice either. So it's like we throw things out there because it was kind of our little forum and, yeah. you know, people right. do it. And, you know, it's, it, it's not every day that you come across a website that kind of takes care of all of that for you. Yeah. So real fast, I want to backtrack and, yeah. and, have you guys kind of explain like who you are in your story and what yeah. caused you to create Fertility IQ? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yes. So Jake and I essentially were fertility patients and we were going through fertility treatments and we ended up getting pregnant and we had two miscarriages. And um, at the time we felt like nobody could give us a straight answer about anything. Like, why did this happen? What are the odds this happens again? Like when you know, um, when am I going to be successful? Like we just felt like, you know, there was so much hearsay and so much of this weird, like, well, my aunt jumped on her left foot three times and went to this special miraculous place and she had a baby. So that'll work for you too. And, you know, we felt like there were a few things wrong. We landed at the wrong doctor for us twice, which is really costly emotionally and money wise. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it wastes our time, our money. And then we also felt like we didn't have good information about um, which, like how we should pursue treatments. And so basically just as really aggro fertility patients, we started Fertility IQ first to solve the problem of which doctor to go to. And second, to solve the problem of all this crazy hearsay to give people real data to make treatment decisions um, based on, you know, peer reviewed literature instead of what you see on social and right. so the 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 subscribers or uh, getting in into the website when when people go in is it um, is there an ideal person that would go to fertility IQ is it people that are just having issues with fertility or can it be you know all different areas? Yes, you know it, it really can be a lot of people. It can be someone who's just starting to try to get pregnant and they want to figure out. Um, when's my fertile window? How many times can I have sex during my fertile window? Like, is it true? Should I really be saving up and not having sex uh, until the day? Um, you know, so, so it could be people who are really just starting the journey um, all the way through to the fertility ninjas who have been doing IVF for 10 years and even actually people who care about them. So we have people's, people's moms and dads or brothers and sisters who spend a lot of time trying to understand what their family members are going through. Yeah, I think that's yeah, so I, I mean, I think for us, it's just as Deborah alluded to, we really try and be a take all comers home for people. And, and, you know, it can be whether, um, you're even contemplating freezing your eggs. So you're not even prepared to have a child, but you're thinking that you might want the optionality down the road all the way through people who have tried to conceive naturally. And then have migrated from doing Clomid to IUI to IVF and, even people have managed to conceive, but haven't managed to to hold on to the, the pregnancy. And sometimes people are incredibly sophisticated around these concepts, and they've been working on this for years. And sometimes people, uh, I mean, they, they need uh, to start with big, soft blocks and basic concepts. And so that's like a real challenge of ours and something we work really hard to is not just to address people that uh, at different points, the continuum of trying to build a healthy family, but different levels of like sophistication and facility with you know, the concepts, the anatomy, medical jargon, concepts like key values and statistical significance. So we, we really try and accommodate 
all types of patients. And that also includes men because as a guy often feels like you're sort of in the, the passenger side seat and you want to contribute, but you, you step on your own toes trying to be helpful. And so we, we, we try and take the, the male um, viewpoint uh, and uh, perspective into consideration. You know, and, and a lot of the points that you brought up and, and, and just all of the, the different things that go into fertility, it's, it's information overload. And it, it, you know, ultimately it comes down to finding someone that can understand who you are, what your diet is, what your age is, how long, you know, how active you've been. It's so many different factors that seem to go into it. And it's, it's tough. It's almost like when someone says, you know, my baby does this and you should do this with a baby. Well, every baby's different. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right. Different you as know, well. With our, right. Our, our daughter, we had a whole thing of bottles with the, and, and pacifiers and she didn't take to any of them. Yeah. And yeah, I that's real no. fast or the fact that, you know, we are so fortunate that we have our daughter and I, and you guys have been successful, which is I'm so happy for you. But I know that there are, might be a lot of women out here who are struggling. I have a, a good friend who has been trying for a year to get pregnant and she's used, you know, every method in the book and try and literally like I just heard from another friend, acupuncture in uh, herbal uh, Chinese herbs that might help it help me and so I want to be sensitive to the women who are, are struggling with infertility you know just my heart goes out to you like it truly does and I don't I don't know what that's like we've been blessed enough to have our daughter and we are now pregnant again but I just want them to know that we have a heart for them you know and that you know, we just want to help them. So on that note, what is, is there anything do you have? Do you have any, I mean, of course I could go to your site, fertilityiq.com, but do you have anything it, like right now that, cause you guys went through the experience and would you be willing to share a bit more about your infertility experience? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny. We actually had, well, I guess one thing we've learned is like, there's no typical fertility patient in some ways. I mean, like you have gay couples who go through this, you have single women who go through this. So fertility really impacts a lot of people, but um, that said, we weren't the more traditional couple who kind of like tried to conceive naturally for 12 months, didn't have it happen, and then went to the doctor. We actually first went thinking that I was going to freeze my eggs because of a pre-existing um, fertility issue. When I was in high school, I had a, a very large ruptured ovarian cyst. So I thought, okay, I kept having these cysts and I knew that I maybe wanted to preserve fertility um, because I had been lucky to keep both ovaries. And eventually we went to the doctor and we were so excited, like we're getting ahead of this fertility thing. We know that family is really important to us. And essentially what they told me is you're not making any eggs, you're entering menopause. I was only 27 at the time and they just said, you know, you might kind of be out of luck, which was a huge surprise to us. And by the way, ended up not being true. Um, so that was Thank part God. of part of the important. That was part of the importance of finding the right doctor. Right. But we did um, essentially a few IVF cycles to try to get some eggs, and um, they were pretty grueling. I mean, like our first cycle, we got no eggs. They had to cancel the cycle. We didn't even get to do an egg retrieval. Um, and eventually, and what did you do you, for the egg retrieval. Yeah. Can you kind of yeah. dig, dig in deeper and tell us exactly oh, yeah. what is an IVF cycle? Uh, yeah. Do you yeah. have a drawing you can show? <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> For the podcast that no one can see. <laughs> perfect. I'm, I'm drawing it right now. It's beautiful. Um, so essentially, IVF is a medical process that really bypasses a lot of the issues that people can face during natural reproduction. So essentially, a woman injects herself with hormones that stimulate her ovaries. And instead of a single egg that she would normally ovulate each month, she's able to produce a lot more than one egg. And when those, essentially, when, when her ovaries have enough eggs on them, the doctor does a minor surgery. You're usually out under anesthesia, but essentially they do an ultrasound and they go in with a needle and they suction out all of the eggs, which is kind of crazy, right? <laughs> that sounds very intense. Yeah, it's a, it's a little intense. I know like everybody is probably, I mean, I, I'm a work in labor and delivery. So I work with, with women who are obviously on the other end of the spectrum delivering. Right. Help, like knock on wood, healthy, happy babies, not always the case, but I don't know an awful lot about uh, in vitro and whatnot. So this is very intriguing to me. Right. So essentially people have an egg retrieval surgery. They go in with a needle and an ultrasound, they suction out all of the eggs, and then those eggs get sent to the clinic's laboratory. And in the laboratory, they take some of, um, if there is a partner, they take the, the partner's sperm, they fertilize the eggs in the laboratory. And then for the next three or five days, they're growing these um, fertilized eggs, hopefully into embryos. 
And when the embryos are kind of hardy enough, they essentially implant them back um, into the uterus. And um, a little more than a week later, you'll go in for um, for a blood test and hopefully find out that you're pregnant. That's like the ideal way that IVF works. And we should probably just kind of tell you how often it works and what it costs. And because there's, there's a lot that goes into the process. Deborah sort of mentioned the, the time burden and the agony of going through the procedure. The, the, fi- the, the success rates for IVF, they really cascade and they depend upon, frankly, the woman's age more than anything else. There are other factors, but the simplest rule of thumb is, you know, women that are, say, under 35 doing IVF, you know, maybe 40 to 50% of IVF cycles work. But if the woman begins to hit her early 40s, sometimes the success rates per IVF cycle can dip below 10%. Oh and so God. most patients are sort of left, um, you know, with the conundrum of, okay, we've done an IVF cycle. We didn't get what we wanted. Do we do, we do another? And, you know, that's a major decision to make because not only, as Deborah mentioned, is, is it a real undertaking for the woman to take hormones and do the surgical retrieval of her eggs, but the financial cost is pretty major. The average IVF cycle cost, you were certainly where you guys live in New York, is, is upwards of $20,000. It's seldom reimbursed. So people are digging into their savings to do this. And you know, if the average patient has to do two to three IVF cycles, you know, that equates to you know, the U.S. household income of $50,000 per year before taxes. So I mean, this is, you know, this is not something people enter into lightly. And so even though the success rates are as good as we see for any fertility procedure, they're still at best a coin flip for most patients. Yeah, I think I think that's um, a real I think that's a real surprise. Like I think most people go into this and they think like IVF's gonna work. And I've seen every single celebrity in the book holding up their beautiful twins and like obviously, you know, I can just get pregnant anytime if as long as I resort to IVF. And um, unfortunately it's not perfect. That's so well, you know, that's that brings me to a point that I know that you guys do an awful lot of, I don't know why I say an awful lot, but I know that you've done a $10,000 grant giveaway. Can you tell, are you in the process of doing that right now? So if any of our listeners would be interested in, you know, entering for that, how would they do that? And is that a possibility for them? Yeah. So um, there's not currently one running, but we are going to do another grant very soon. We do them um, a handful of times during the year. Essentially, it's our way of thanking the community who comes to the site and reviews their doctor. So for anyone who's reviewed their doctor, it's, it's really simple. Like That's all you need to do is have submitted a review of your doctor and then you're automatically entered to get $10,000 either for yourself or for someone you care about. Um, you know, Hopefully, maybe you've had successful treatment and you don't need it. And so we have had people, which is so cool, who have won and they've said, well, you know, my one of my best friends has been struggling too and I'm going to give her the 10,000, which is That's so cool. amazing. So I wanted to ask you, and this is a little nosy of me, but like, how do you get the yeah. money for the grant? Is this something that patient or that the... the different, like, do we have to pay for it? Like, uh, just because I want to give like a super honest, like, you know, totally. I want to let everyone know like, seriously, like just how it works. Totally. I know it sounds kind of crazy. Like there's really no gimmicks. Most, most fertility grants, they do ask people to pay for it. This is straight up. If you have reviewed your fertility doctor, you're entered. Basically Fertility IQ is funded by Jake and me and by a few other families who, are, who have been fertility patients or who've had some fertility struggle. And that's how it's been funded to date. So that's where the money comes from. Wow, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, and I and I, I think one thing that I that I got from your website was just how powerful a community of people giving honest reviews are. Because when you think of doctors and think of the amount of information that you're given, I mean, for women, you're you're really just bearing it all and laying everything out there. But you're you're also carrying a child and. It wasn't until we found a, a doctor and we found a, um, someone that was going to be the delivery person that we fully trusted. And it was just, it was such a, a breath of fresh air just with that weight lifted off. It's like, you know, we, we know where we're going to be and, and we trust this person wholeheartedly. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm not kidding you. I don't buy anything unless I see the reviews like on Amazon. Yeah. Like every single review. And the thing about it, it's like a little, like just a little scary is that there's cameras out there like where they can put in like if I'm not talking about fertility doctors but I'm saying like for a product on Amazon like I, I don't know if you guys have heard this but like people businesses will literally buy the product so that they can say that it's a verified purchase and then they'll say like all these great things about their product when really it's just you know it's so it's not it's not accurate and you can't trust it which is why I don't know I just find that fertility IQ is just amazing because you can't scam the system like it is and it's amazing that if you just leave a review then you guys enter 
for a $10,000 grant for fertility money. I mean, this is just incredible. We really feel the same way. You know I mean? Like there are a spectrum of fertility patients. There's also a spectrum of doctors and it's not for us a matter of saying which doctor is good or bad. It's really about finding the right match. And I think the thing that Deborah and I have learned in the last four years is there's not only a pent up demand for great information about fertility doctors, there's pent up supply. There's a lot of fertility patients that would love to tell everybody they could about what they thought about their experience and what patients should be prepared for if they go to that doctor and, and clinic. And so, you know, what we've realized is, is we've just sort of uncorked a ton of wonderful information. And then, you know, it's really our job to make sure the veracity is high, they're real patients, they're answering questions very specifically and concretely. And then just sort of like you alluded to, you know, you kind of want to hear from patients with whom you have something in common. You know, women who have PCOS want to hear from other women that have PCOS. Right. Women that have, um, or couples that have a severe male factor are going to be treated differently. They want to hear from each other. And that's really the point of technology is to make it so that we can characterize people and they can click a few buttons. And all of a sudden, we're just showing you reviews from real people with whom you have a lot in common and where their perspective is going to be germane. And that's, that's our job. And we, um, we just feel relieved we had the benefit of this information when we were still trying to find uh, the doctor that would give us our, our child. And we're sort of the beneficiaries. And we, and we really appreciate why, um, why this is different than what a lot of people had access to before it existed. And what kind of rating scale does it go by? I, I, when I looked, there was you know response time. And it, it, is there, how do you verify the, the patient? How do you verify that the doctors are, are there, the people? It's a, does it go by a score percentage? It, maybe if you could tell a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So first of all, I mean, the verification is something we take really seriously. You can see on the site which reviews are verified and which are not. And that's actually all done manually. So we have a team of people who hand reads every single review. Um, and they um, essentially, patients will send in a document that proves that they were a real patient of that clinic, which is kind of an extraordinary, extraordinary right. step to take on the internet. Yeah, yeah sure. that really is. <laughs> so like you can really like trust this is not just the clinic's marketing department saying amazing right. things about them right. um, or their competitor saying that they're terrible. Right. Um, so we take that very seriously. And then, you know, each person who reviews their doctor, they answer a lot of questions. So there's not just a single way that they're scored. There, there is kind of a top line score, which is, you know, on a zero through 10 scale, how likely are you to refer this person to your best friend? So we think that's, you know, that's like kind of the bottom line. But then we also ask really detailed, like, what was their communication like? How fast could you get into an appointment if you, um, if you had a problem, were you treated like a number or treated like a human? And so we, um, we show all of those scores too. And everything's kept private, I'm sure. I mean, the, the, when, when patients come in and they give these ratings and things, it's all private. Right. Yes. So we, so, um, so everything's anonymous and that like we never show anyone's name or, you know, date of birth or anything like that. But what we do is we actually show a lot of information about that patient, which isn't kind of traditional on like Yelp or review sites. So we'll show how old that person was, what their diagnosis was, even kind of um, more niche areas like what was your income? Because frankly, like if you make $200,000 a year, you can afford more fertility treatments. And so right. hearing from someone who makes 50000 you're going to approach fertility treatments really differently. Wow, that's a good um, and even like we break it down by race because people of different ethnicities actually respond to fertility drugs differently and their, their approach should be a little bit different. And so um, we share a lot of demographic information, but the name is so it's anonymous. That is, it's truly incredible. I just think what you, you, what you both have done is just outstanding. And I just wish, I, I hope this is, I know this will be helpful for other people. I wish it was more like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I wish you could like have a commercial on TV so more people could see it. Like, it's just incredible what you guys have done. It's just really incredible because, like I said, you just can't, you just, I, I just can imagine that like women, I think if we were struggling with infertility, I would have no idea what the first step would be. There I just is would have nothing, no idea. Yeah, there's nothing more special than, than bringing a, a child in and just from personal experience. And, and I, I do want to be sensitive for those that can't have children and can't give birth. But I mean, it is really the most important and rememberable and remarkable thing that's ever happened to me. It's really interesting. What we had heard from people is when Deborah was pregnant, 
we had heard from people that said, well, once you deliver, you know, you're going to be focused on other things, baby clothes and getting your kid into pre-K. You're just going to forget about the fertility community. And I think a lot of people told us that because that's, that had been their experience. I think when Deborah and I managed to have our son, and we really felt like we got incredibly lucky here, you know, we would look down at laser in his basket while we were correcting reviews and, and working on the site. And it really kind of gave us a shot in the arm. It strengthened the resolve to keep doing this. I think we just feel darn lucky. And like we, you know, we escaped with good luck here. And I think it's really propelled us to kind of double down and recommit ourselves to this. And I think Deborah will tell you this. I mean, we've only got two things in our lives, you know, working on fertility, our Q and in our babies. That's it. We, you know, we don't play golf. Um, yeah. We're losers. We're, we're, we're losers. <laughs> we're your heroes. Yeah. <laughs> I would right. say you're probably a lot of people's heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, that commitment is, and passion that, that exudes through your website, honestly. And, and it, you could, you could tell you guys are so personable and, you it it's a, a family friendly website. It's so inviting for something that's so delicate and sensitive. And it's like well, thank you. With so much thank you information. This is so amazing. Thank you guys so much for giving us. I mean, I I just cannot get over the amount of information that you all have, and then to know that you can get even more on your site, Fertility IQ. I mean, this almost sounds like I almost sound like this almost sounds like an ad, but it's really not <laughs> not paid whatsoever. I just genuinely, I know you guys genuinely want to help because you've gone through this this whole struggle yourselves. And honestly, I want to help too. Like, like I think that like most people who are listening follow us on social media, and I know like I'm very close with a lot of my following, and I I hear like from their DMs and their comments, and they're like. I've heard so many different stories from so many different women about, I mean, the whole gamut, which I'm sure you've heard too now that you have fertility IQ, but like there's just women who are struggling in every single spectrum. And to know that there's like, you guys have created this website where there is a wealth of information right at your fingertips. I think people don't know enough. And we felt like the more we arm people with real data, real information, like the more that problem goes away. Keep people out of their own head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to come and chat with us on our podcast. And for everybody who's listening, their website is fertilityiq.com. Can we follow you guys on social media? Do you guys do the Instagram and the Twitter and... We're on the Instagram. We I are. Believe uh, I said it like that. I'm so sorry. You're so. I mean, uh, I how like hip such are a you? Dewey, but the, the <laughs> you guys have the Facebook. And the, we have we have we have the Facebook. We're just yeah, fertility. Yeah, yeah. I, we're Fertility IQ on all platforms, so Great. easy to find. And um, yeah, the, we also have a bunch of new content launching that's um, specifically actually for people who are just starting to think about planning their family. So trying to figure out like the timing and the lifestyle choices and all that stuff. So you don't have to be doing IVF to hopefully get some information that helps. And we also like to be social in person. If you guys ever find yourself in California, come pay us a visit. We'd love to get a yeah. <laughs> We're actually, we're actually going to be in California all of February and March. Yep, we'll so maybe we'll... No way. Yes. Are you going to make it to San Francisco? I don't know about San Fran, but if... How far is that away from... That's pretty far away. We're going to be in LA. Oh. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty... That's a quest. A couple hours like, flight. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's like a 40-minute flight. It's like oh. an easy... It's an easy flight, but if you drove... Drive. If yeah. you drove, your daughter would go crazy. <laughs> but hey, you never know. We might be able to meet up in the middle or something. It'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome up here. You should come up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're looking to get away from this New Jersey weather. Yeah. It's sure. very cold here. <laughs> yeah. I feel like February and March is the perfect time to do it. So if That's you find exactly your it. if you find your way out, shoot us a note. We will. Thank Definitely. you guys so much again for taking the time out to be on our podcast, but to also like put all this information together for people at one spot on Fertility IQ. Like we, I, I just you guys. astounded by the wealth of information that you guys are sharing. That's and the fact that it's all like genuine, like good data. You know, it's not just like hearsay and this and that. It just, it's just amazing. Yeah, people so really need you. to go to the site because it's so professionally done. Information overload, I'm sure, because we asked them a slew of questions. But if you guys are interested, need the information, just head to fertilityiq.com. It's not an ad, you know, they didn't pay us to say this or to invite them on, uh, which I think I should clarify because sometimes, you know, guests do. So, uh, and and if you're a first time parent or if you're trying to become a first time parent or your second or third, I mean, it, it couldn't hurt to get the information and yeah, this just, makes it super easy to target questions, target doctors, 
target the people around you, but also realize that there's a community of people that are looking and willing to help each other. Exactly. And ultimately, we just want to, you know, infer, like just par- family planning and being parents ourselves, like we want to help anybody who needs the help to find the resources. And if this is a free site where you can find like solid resources that are actually legit, we wanted to be able to yeah. spread the word with all of our friends. That and, this, it was, and it was a lot of fun having them on. Yeah. I mean, we can't thank them enough for taking the time out to come on the podcast. Yeah. And next week, we will have Shawnee's and yes. Jesse from so Married looking, at First Sight. So looking forward to this couple. Yeah. So they uh, they were married at First Sight. I think season seven was their, their season. Mm-hmm. And they just had, they had the second Married at First Sight baby, uh, yeah. little baby Laura. Third, if you count our angel baby Jonathan, which I want to count. Yeah. And, and I am very curious to talk to them just because they kind of went through a similar sort of story where Jeffy's not really attracted to Shawnee's. Yeah. So, and then, then they get pregnant. But, but there was some separation and then they Within came the back pregnancy. together and like us, meaning like Jamie and I, I truly believe the show and the experts saved the marriage. Yeah. For whatever reason, we were forced to talk through the issues. We yeah. were forced to be together. Not so much forced, but... I don't want to say forced because I feel like we are not forced whatsoever. I think like us, they were really just committed to stick it out together. Mm-hmm. They were going through some really hard times. They went to the experts for help. They were open-minded. And um, who doesn't love a happy ending? Yeah. I mean, come on. And so here they are with now with their baby. And I'm not... I don't know that everything's peachy, you know, for them, but I love that they're honest about their I wouldn't believe them if it was. Yeah, because nothing's let's be honest, you're not <laughs> married to a stranger and everything's peachy. Like that's just that can't just can't be true. No. I don't know. But anyways, we are so excited to have them on next week. So go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for doing that. And uh, thank you for listening. And I really hope that this was helpful in one way, shape, or form mm-hmm. for you. And if you know anybody who's struggling with any of the topics we discussed, then please share this information with them because I want, I hope it's so helpful. And so, yes. And I do want to just say one last thing before we sign off. I, because we do listen to our friends and because we do follow comments, we're, I mean, we're, we're picking topics that are near and dear to us, but we're also, I know I'm very opinionated <laughs> and would love to, to bring up topics or bring on experts for any questions that you guys have. So Yeah. So please leave comments. We are Hot Marriage Cool Parents on Instagram, but you can also just go to our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Mine is Jamie N. Otis, Jamie N. as in Nicole. And I am at Doug Hainer, D-O-U-G. H-E-H-N-E-R. Yeah. So head out, you know, if you want any certain topic, then go ahead and reach out to us because we want, this is the whole point of the podcast is to connect with you guys and to be able to right. kind of chat with each of you individually through the podcast. Yeah. And we are going to say goodbye and <laughs> bye guys. See you next week. <laughs>